Klal Yisrael is really in mourning as we've lost Rabbi Aaron Leib Steinman, Zatzal, who led Klal Yisrael, especially in the Litvisha world, the Torah world, one of the greatest leaders of our generation. And he also was a bridge to a world from far, far, far away, long, long, long ago. He saw Tzadikim from generations ago. And he was really a bridge. And he showed us Das Torah. He showed us how to lead the highest people on the highest level, learning in Kailul, the people who were Mamish and the biggest, biggest, biggest learners and the frumous people in Klal Yisrael. He was their fearless leader. But he also gave us a tremendous derech when it comes to dealing with those who stray from Yiddishkeit. I would have thought he wouldn't have been tolerant. He was so old. He was from a different planet. How would he supposed to understand kids on drugs, kids being Mechal Shabbos, all these Averis? How could he deal with it? And yet, you'll hear from all these stories that I'm going to tell you. Firsthand, I went to speak to him, and other ones which were printed or told to me firsthand. You'll hear Das Taira. How did a real Gadol representing Hashem, how did he feel about this Indian? And start to get it into your bones, into your understanding, and think about it. If your conclusions are different, you're not in line with Taira. He was Das Taira. He understood better, better what Hashem wants. And you'll hear how many things, chidushim, that he tells us about the sugya of struggling kids, about how parents should accept their kids, even if they're Mechal Shabbos, how they should not throw the kids out or tell them that you have to listen to the rules and guidelines in the house and, and create that friction. And how to deal with shidduchim. Should you be mashadach with a family that has kids off the derech? What about accepting your kid? Will that ruin shidduchim for your other children? What should a yeshiva do if the kid breaks rules that are very big, important rules? Should they throw the kid out? Should they? What should they do about it? All kinds of these issues that we're going to be dealing with. What about the other kids in the house? What should you tell them when they have an orthodox kid at home? These are all things that he dealt with. I'm sure there's much more information than what I have put together for you. But I think this will be an opening to really understanding. For those in the Litvisha world, I beg of you, please, we're losing kids left and right, and there's a lot of people that are giving advice. Kenega the Das of Rif Steinman. Why should you lose your children? following lesser gadolim, or lesser advice, when you have such a gadol that was so clear, and he was really, like, mamish answering questions all the time, from all different angles, and it was always, what can we do to not lose this kid? What can we do to be makar of this child, to make them feel loved and accepted? And we have to really get it into our bones, that this was the das of this gadol adar. Actually, from wherever I find, from the basis Cyril of Ger, from Vizhnitz, from Satmer, from all over, from Rabbi Aaron Kotler, from Litvish, Hasidish, from, from Rabbi Yosef, all the stories that I see and that I hear consistently is really the same message. The Gedolim, the Zekenim, the people who really understood Klal Yisrael, they cared about every little kid, Kip Yisrael. They really never wanted to lose anybody, the Chazanish. So many stories. And it's other people that have somehow this mean spirit, somehow this kind of like, you know, okay, we'll lose 5%, we'll lose 10%, we have to save the rest. The other G'daylam also understood the challenges. They were very, very clear. So let's hear how Rav Steinman gave us a Yerusha, an inheritance, to understand our tr- children who are struggling. The first story I want to say is from Ramesha Grilich, who repeated this story. A number of important Rabbanim came to visit Rav Steinman to protest that he did not object to a Nacha Haredi army unit for young men who were already OTD and on the streets. Rav Steinman asked one of these Rabbanim, Did anybody come to you, any parents come to you recently, and ask you to daven that their son should die? Because this week alone, said Rav Steinman, 15 parents came to me requesting that I should daven for their children to die because they went off the derech. Can you imagine? I don't know what tefillah there is for that. You make instead of a mishaberich, you make a mishakilo. What do you do? But said Rav Steinman, he asked him, did anybody, let's learn from this story. These Rabbanim had an opinion about this Indian of Nachal Haredi. Fine, they had an opinion. Rav Steinman didn't say, I'm smarter than you, I'm older than you, you should be mavatal your das to me, I have more das taira, I have a masaira. He didn't say anything. He said, you're giving an opinion on a subject Nu, are you in the sugya? If you don't have parents coming to you saying, please daven for me that my child should die, you're not the one who should decide what should happen to these children. He was giving a very 
normal answer to the person. And I see this all the time, because I have people all the time approaching me. I think this, and I think that. I'm saying, okay, did you ever have parents come to you, the kid was suicidal, the kid cut themselves, the kid, I, I described the situation. They ever come to you, you ever dealt with this? No. See, but you still think you're entitled to an opinion? That's what Steinman told them. When they're coming to you, saying on this level of chaos and dysfunction, and you're the address, then you're entitled to an opinion. But if they're not coming to you, and you're busy learning Baba Kamo, you're dealing with regular chinuch, and then you're not dealing with this issue, so you're not entitled to an opinion. That's what Steinman was saying over here. It's very clear. This week alone, 15 fathers came to me with this request regarding their sons who had gone completely off the derech, asking Rav Steinman to be mispalo that their children should die. He says, so I'm going to be the one to decide what should happen to these kids. And this is very similar to what was printed by Rav Cheskyo Mishkovsky, the Rosh Hashiva of Archas HaTera, in Yemei Iyun Lohirim Umechanchim, on page Kuf Tzadik Dalad. Mipam lupam magiyam elov, Steinman said that from time to time parents come to me with difficult chinuch situations and almost always they say the same nusuch to me, they say the same thing. Believe me, Rabbi, I only care about my child's Yiddishkeit. And if he doesn't go on the right path, I prefer that he should die already. I want you to note, these parents were very from. They weren't coming to go ahead and to show they're not from kites. I don't care about Torah. They were saying, look how much I love Torah. Look how much I learned Torah. Look how close I am to Hashem. And their conclusion of all of their learning of Torah, of Yiddishkeit, was what? That I want my kid to die. I'd rather that he should die. And why were they going to Steinman? That he should punish them and give Musa? No. They think... They thought he would be proud of them. They expected a standing ovation. He should say, wow, what level of Torah. In my life, I never reached such a level. Ah, Gavaldik, I'm so proud of you. That, that's what we would have thought. That's what they were expecting, says Rav Steinman. Heim choshvim, sheheim oisem akedes Yitzchak, vechizuhi akedes Yitzchak. Harishom medubar hoya albin chayichidcha asher ahavta. Ben Ahuv Sha'avav Kairoitsa Isai. Ben Shinoisin La Avid Allah Aviv Kavoid. The Avid Mishtabeachboy Im Isai Hokim Lakoid Zuhiakedas Yitzchak. These people think that they're ready to do a tremendous mitzvah. They're coming so proud. Oi, if they're not going to be from I'm I I'm Mukhan, I'm ready and prepared that they should die. They think they're doing a tremendous mitzvah by wanting to sacrifice their child, just like Avram Avinu did by Akedas Yitzchak. But that's not the case, says Steinman. Avram was asked to sacrifice his beloved child, the one whom he loved more than anything in the world, the one who he saw as his future. If a parent is ready, ready to sacrifice a child that he loves so much, a child that gives him great honor, and it's a tremendous nachas to the family, psh, that's very impressive. That's considered a great thing, and it's truly a sacrifice like Akedas Yitzchak. You want to kill one of your good kids that, that you love so much and you're proud of, However, says Rav Steinman, if the parents are disgusted with the son because he's not going on the right path and he's in great embarrassment to the family, and that is why the parents are okay with him dying, that is not something to be proud of. That's simply wanting to murder a Jewish child for the COVID, for the honor of the parents, for their selfish motives. says Rav Steinman. This is not the proper way to talk. The child needs to know my tati, my mommy loves me. And if you can ingrain this feeling that my parents love me, the Machal Shabbos, the one doing all the Gimel Averis Chamuris, the, the rebellious kid, the one who's Mamish Adam's Kalim, doing drugs. If you can go in Havana Zutachter La Havana Sayeled, you can get that ingrained into the mindset of the child, says Rif Steinman, Vadai Sheyachser. The child will certainly return. It sounds like a Havtacha. That's what it sounds like to me. 
But Abba Sharoitz Shabna Yamos Vadi Shaloye Leben Shum Inyan Lahalnik Loyrugoim Shal Oisha Velachsay Lav Chazara. But if a child, a parent, but if a parent wants his child to die Rachman Alutzlan, then the child will certainly not have any reason to go and make his parents happy and to come back to Yiddishkeit. Nochayin Shahatafkid Kasha, it's true that it is a very difficult job. That is the tafkid. That is the role of being a parent for this child. It's up to the parent to daven, to beg, to ask advice, and to try everything and anything possible to save this child. What's my point of reading the story? I want to prove to you that it is clearly not a Torah value to want your off-the-derech child to die. In fact, as he clearly points out, you may say that you care about Hashem's honor. I'm muchon. I'm ready to sacrifice this child. In reality, you just care about your own honor. You're just killing them for yourself. And the truth is, so far, I never heard a parent come over to me and say, I love my child so, so much, and I would do anything for him. I would die for him. But I learned Torah for the last 50 years, and what comes out of all my Torah learning is I think that the Torah perspective should be that I should wish that he should die. But I cry for him so much because I don't want him dead. I love him so much. You know, it's interesting because I never hear that. I hear that from people, oh, I want him to die, I want him to die. It's nishkan Torah It's pain. The parents are in pain 100%. But being in pain as a parent doesn't mean that if you're going to go down that wrong path that you're going to have success. It's an Nisayin. So if Steinman says, of course, nobody says it's not painful, frustrating, embarrassing, cost you, one kid like this can cost you more than 20 other kids. People spend their whole life savings trying to save their life. Of course, that's for this kid, just like if you have one kid that has cancer, one kid that is uh, 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 whatever difficulty, yeah, there are some kids that are in Ichud programs, that have learning difficulties. It costs mamish, like an army you can raise. It costs like 10 kids. Yeah, doesn't mean that it's not hard, but it doesn't mean that you're not going to do it. You're not going to do things to not, not do what you're supposed to do. Parents come to me and they're full of personal pain. You feel angry, you feel taken advantage of, you feel like a shmata, you feel like an idiot, you feel like you lost control over your child, you feel like, very often, like you lost control over your whole home. Right, we had over here your story. Last year, Pesach, before they came to me, this girl, 15-year-old kid, was mamish, acting crazy. She went around, she blew out on Pesach, she blew out all the lecht. She shut the lights, and she said, I'm going to chametz up your home. How are you supposed to run a seder like this? Baruch Hashem, now you're here a few months, no violence, gone, gone. Baruch Hashem, that's very consistent results that we have. You feel like you lost your whole control of your home. You feel out of whack. You feel unstable. You feel like a loser. You feel put upon. You feel ashamed. You feel embarrassed. Those are all very true feelings that parents have. We want those feelings to go away. You do the right thing. Be'ezus Hashem, your child gets treated. A short period of time, whatever it is, it's usually a few years, and you could be out of this stage. The other way, you make it a set of a temporary problem, becomes a permanent problem. You keep these feelings for much longer. So nobody's saying that you're not entitled to your feelings. Avada, you're entitled to your feelings. But what are you doing with them? So no, how should parents react? I asked if Steinman, it's recorded. I said, I advise parents that even if their child is Mechal Shabbos or doing other terrible sins, that they should not criticize the child at all. And on the contrary, they should be Mechal of him by being nice and friendly and warm and fuzzy accepting him, showing him acceptance as he is, no criticism. You know, if Steinman said a very clear psak, there is no other way to deal with this. What? No other way? He didn't say, oh yeah, that's okay, alright, you know what? He said, there's no other way. All these words, tough love, and boundaries, love and this and that, on our kids, once a kid is a chayla, once a kid is off the derech, doesn't work bichlal. There is no other way to deal with this. Otherwise, if you're going to criticize, then he'll hate Shabbos and he'll hate the parents also, which will only make things worse. He doesn't want the child who's rebellious and against going against the Torah to hate his parents. He doesn't feel that that's helpful. He doesn't want the child to feel that way. He wants the child to feel loved and accepted. And a lot of people say, then why should he ever become better? That's like saying, if I give you Zithromax, why should the strep ever go away? That's the medicine, that's the treatment medicine. 
But what about the mitzvah of Teichacha? How do you just let someone be Mechal Shabbos and you don't protest and you just let it go? So in Indian Magazine, it quotes of Steinman, when dealing with a healthy kid, occasional rebuke may be required, occasional, but it is not appropriate in a situation where it will distance the child from your Shemayim, Torah, and Mitzvahs. Very clear psak. The whole idea of is an order of is only if it's not going to distance him. Our kids, they've gotten enough teichacha, every bump in the road, as they floated away. Talking about a Machal Shabbos, you're going to go to him, give him teichacha, it's going to make him from today? And if Steinman didn't say, no, it's good, you should give him, even though it's going to distance himself, but one day he's going to realize, no, it doesn't work like that. If right now it's going to distance him one more inch, then it's the wrong thing to do. That's what Steinman says. It's not appropriate to be mechiach, somebody, in the situation where it will cause that it will distance the child, the child from Yerushalayim, Tyre, and Mitzvah, anybody. Now what about if you have a suffix? A person has a child, you don't know if the kid is a, a chayla, a person is, is a chayla, or if he is being defiant. He's about taiva and he's rebellious. Says Aaron Leib, Zatzal, quoted in Indian, Indian magazine. In a case of suffolk where a parent does not know, and I get this question all the time, if a parent does not know whether a child is being defiant in the normal healthy sense, or due to being a chayla nefesh, something's bothering them, whose soul is sick, chayla nefesh, it could be depression, anxiety, some kind of a problem, and that's what's causing them to be defiant. If you're not, not sure, if it's a suffolk, the parent must regard the child as chayla nefesh, and he should not be treated with regular chanach. It's like, imagine a top doctor in the world that says, if you're not sure if your kid has fever or not, and you can't check, whatever, then treat the kid as as if he has fever. Because if you're going to send the kid to school and he had fever, you're going to cause him damage. That's what he's saying. You're not sure if the kid is sick or not, treat it like a sick kid if you're in a suffolk. And one of the most difficult questions, for some reason, parents who are doing the wrong thing, going against the Torah, locking their kids out, getting bad advice, it makes the kids worse. Nobody says, but what about the other kids? And they should. Because I know of so many kids out there who were hurting, terribly hurting growing up in a traumatic environment where mommy's always angry and crying and tati's always angry and there's fighting and the trauma in the house. You can't raise kids like that. See, people think if you have a rebellious kid, so then you can hit delete and they go away. It's either you accept him and you hug him and he's smoking in the house on Shabbos, or, right, you just delete and he's gone. It's not true. The other way can cause years of pain. And it's such a shame because a lot of our kids are already from, and they're still doing the rechuk. They're still doing, the, well, my rule in the house. Like, <laughs> we get more rules. People say like, oh, there are no rules. You let them do whatever they want. No, no, chacham, with chachma. Our kids are being macabre on themselves. More rules than the other parents ever dreamed of getting. And it's consistent. Because once they feel loved, and they feel comfortable, they just act normal, more normal. So those rules, you got to wear a shirt in the house, and you got to, how do you come to the Shabbos table like that? Automatically, the kid who feels loved and accepted, you know, it's interesting, a guy came over to me and said, I mean, so if the kid goes ahead, and he, I, I don't even want to say the example that he gave me, on the Shabbos table, he does his huge avera, then you think you should just give him a hug? I said, Chacham, I have 300 families, the worst pikuach nefesh, none of our kids are doing that. You know who does that? The ones who are not doing this. Because they treat the kid, they look down at the kid. They don't listen to Rav and they treat the kid bad. They make the kid feel subhuman, right? Because that's, that's how they feel. They're acting rebellious, they're not listening to rules, so we look down at them. Those are the kids who are going to do all these things. All these crazy stories that Shomer and Atzala are being called for. Not one parent by us ever called Shomer or Atzala. You think that the kid's going to be normal if you call Shoman Atzala and he's violent and he threatens to kill? Of course not. We have to stop the violence. So nobody says, if you do the wrong thing against Rav Shtayim, no one says, what about the other kids? How many families had a kid who went off the derech and they locked him out of the house because they have rules and boundaries and tough love and consequences and all those nice words. And then another one went off the derech. No. What about the other kids? Learning from them happens all the time. Now, when it comes to us, we're being makar of our kids and following Rav Steinman's derech, Rav Gersh Nedelstein, and many other gedolim. Ooh, what about the other kids? Anyway, they asked Rav Steinman this question. What about the other kids? Question number one. 
This is printed, the source is Reb Shimon Russell, Ami Magazine, issue 270, June 1st, 2016. Question number one. When parents of a teen in crisis are told that they have to treat the child with unconditional love, doesn't that undermine the chinuch of the other children? Good question. Question number two. For example, if there's a kid who is openly being Mechal Shabbos, turns the house lights on and off, teases his parents and siblings, oh, it's horrible, how should the parents react? Listen to it. The parents should gather the kids together and say with tears in their eyes, message number one, your brother is suffering, he is hurting, message number two, whatever punishment he will get in Shemayim because of his Chil Shabbos, because of his Averis, is between him and Hashem. It's not our business. But what is our business? Message number three. Our concern is to try to create a loving, healthy environment so that hopefully one day he'll want to come back and be like us. Let's break this down. Unbelievable. It's mamish, simple and clear message of proper chinuch, of how to be mechanach your children. And let's break down. You see how he looked at the whole thing. Message number one. Your brother is suffering. He's hurting. I don't understand. Every kid is hurting? He's making a, a, a generalization. A kid who's rebellious, a kid who's defiant, a kid who's off the derech is hurting. I only do it and say it because I meet parents and I diagnose and I'm very careful. 90% of the calls that I get, I don't even take. I know that I have a diagnosis and doctors and I have mamish terrible pikuach nefesh and a letter from a rav and then I say he's hurting. Kids in pain. Rav Steinman, the Godel Adar, says everybody's in pain. Everybody goes off to derech is begeder in our eyes as they are in pain and they need to be treated like that. Ad kedekach, that he says that that's the first message to the kid. You see your brother, you see your sister, you should know that they're suffering, they're in pain. It was his hanacha. It was his blick. It was his understanding. And look at so many people in Klal Yisrael who have nephews or nieces off the derech or, or neighbors and who are in the Torah world and they don't have the conclusion of their gadol. Have at least the anova and the courage to say, I'm a vatal my das to Rav Steinman. Anybody who goes off the derech, he says very clear that they are suffering, they are hurting. Also, he didn't say, what do you mean they were told to do unconditional love? No, 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 it's a goyish He didn't say that. He said that that is the mahalach. As he told me in the video, there's no other way. Only kirov, no richok, no other way will work. He was so clear. I don't know why, why people are so confused. He was so clear. The automatic interpretation of the Gadol Adar about anybody going and being defiant, rebelling, openly sinning, is that he's acting this way only for one reason, he is in pain. And that is the Torah view. And if you want to follow in the footsteps of Gedalim, you need to see people who are doing that way and come to the same conclusion in your little noodle. Otherwise, you're learning and learning and learning and davening and davening and davening, and you're off the derech. You're not in the derech atayra. Your conclusion is different than the Gadol Adar. So be mavatal your das. I had somebody who was challenging me, and I couldn't understand how he could say that what I'm doing is wrong. So I went to his Rebbe, who he says openly is his Rebbe. And his Rebbe said, I'm 100% right. So somebody went back to him and told him, your Rebbe holds like Avi. So he said, yeah, it's true. But I'm not ready to lose my Rebbe over this issue, so I'm just going to not discuss it. What? You're not ready to lose? I mean, your choice in your mind was, I'm going to lose my Rebbe, because I don't agree with him, or I'm not going to lose my Rebbe, and I'm not going to discuss this issue about Avi. What about the third option? My Rebbe, who taught me Torah, feels that something is kosher. I thought it was treif. I was wrong. Mavatal my das to my gadol. People who are in the Litvisha Welt, be mavatal your das to the gadol. The gadol doesn't say that they're garbage that has to be thrown out of the town, like somebody said, a big Askin said in a certain community. Gadol didn't say that you, you can't do unconditional love. The gadol didn't say you have to have rules in your house, and if they don't listen to the rules, I'm sorry, that's all you can do. The gadol didn't say that. So where's the anova? Where's the following? Where's the munis chachamim? It's unbelievable. People say, mamish the opposite of Rav Steinman. Now, if you have another gadol to, to rely on, that's fine. But 
you should just know, if you care about Rav Steinman's opinion, he was very clear that unconditional love is the only way to deal with this problem. No other way works. That's what he said. And therefore, you tell the other kids that this kid is hurting. This kid is suffering. That's how he looked at the Chayte. Who's Who are these people? I always hear Ketanim, not Gedolim, Ketanim saying, oh, it's Taiva, the Bali Taiva, that's the problem of the Dar. The Gedolim Hadar, don't say that. Suffering, pain, and this is the first part of the Chinuch of the children in the house, whether you have five or ten other kids in the house. You have to be Mechanach them. They see something happening over here that's not supposed to be. This is not normal. The kid is not supposed to be growing up in a, house, a family and you have the mommy and the tati and you have ten kids and in the middle you have a kid who's smoking on Shabbos. Not supposed to be. You need to explain it to them. You need to be very clear. First message. What he's doing is because he is in pain. Your brother is suffering. It's the first message. And I have kids trained here who have been, have from four or five years old to going through years, all the ages. You look at these kids three, four years later from TP families. They're deep. They see things. I have kids here who tell me, there was an eight-year-old girl, and I said, do you want to be like your sister? Her sister is 15 years old, Michal Shabbos, no tzniyas, no school, doing all that various, eating treif. I said, do you want to be like your sister? She said, no. I said, why not? You don't have to go to school, you don't have no pressure, you don't have to keep Shabbos, you don't have to do anything. Why not? She says, because I want to be happy. I said, look at you. You see that your sister's not happy. Many big rabbanim are looking and saying, I don't know, is it really pain? Are they really suffering? On the outside, they look like they're having a great time. These kids know it. The TP kids, we have over 2,000 siblings. They know it. They know that their brother and sister are in pain. They see through that shmaka macho kid who's eating trade. They see the pain. But you have to be trained. I have parents who train here. And then after a year or two, they tell me, Avi, I look around shul, I could see pain now. Unfortunately, I have that gift. It's not easy to live with. You look around, you could see pain. I have parents here who could see pain. Instead of just seeing rebellious, you look around, you see pain, suffering. And the siblings who are seeing this, they need to interpret it. We need to give them a derech to understand, how could this be? Can I get a Torah? You want to know what it is? It's pain. They're suffering from something. When you give them the chinuch of Rav Steinman, they can chew it up, they can digest it, they become very intelligent, very deep, very understanding, very compassionate. So that's message number one. And this is really the basis, basis of understanding. Rav Steinman understood people who sin are in pain. It's a deep chinuch lesson, how to interpret what we are watching in our day and age as thousands of kids who grew up from throw off the yoke of heaven and spiral out of control. With this mindset, we can be helpful with the other mindsets, we will misdiagnose the situation, confuse the other children in the family, in, infuse them with hatred. I have families who came to me before coming to me, they told me the fighting between siblings, the sinner, the caste, the Lashon Har, the Rechilus of the house. Oh, the Yitzhar was having a great time. So much Averis, so much Sinas Chinam. And, and it was nobody's fault because this kid is rebellious and defiant and the kids get angry. How could you talk like that to mommy? And mommy's screaming and Tati's angry and the screaming and the slamming the doors and all of that. It's, it's horrible. It's terrible. They come here. We totally follow Ruf Steinman and Ruf Gershon and other stuff and everybody has their own rub, of course. De-escalate the situation and the kids say, oh, my brother was suffering. My sister is suffering. I have compassion. I feel bad for them. Ahavas Yisrael, Ahavas Chinam. No Lashon Hara, no Kas. Message number two. No, he's suffering, but he's behaving bad. How do we look at the behavior? His behavior is Dr. Steinman. You have to tell the children, this behavior is clearly wrong. But that is not our concern. Because our concern, and this is a, a lesson for everyone in Klai Yisrael, your concern is not about Yenem's sins, about somebody else's Averis. That's not your, your concern. Your concern is about your own Averis. And when you see somebody else sinning, what is your concern? Not that they're sinning. Not to be moicha and protest and argue with him and fight him and control him. We don't need to try to stop him from acting out right now. We don't need to be concerned with his sinful behavior. What is our concern? What is our avodas Hashem? What is incumbent upon us? Message number three. How should we treat him? Our job is to create a loving atmosphere. 
a home that accepts this kid who's totally off the derech, breaking every rule. Eating treif, not sneers, mechal Shabbos. This is the treatment method. And this means that we are the ones that have to work on ourselves. We started this discussion thinking that we have to work on the kid. He's the one doing everything wrong. According to Steinman, we have to work on ourselves. Not to hate, not to look down, not to create an atmosphere at home that the kid feels unwanted. When the parents go ahead and they say, in our home you have to have rules, and you have to wear yarmulke, and you have to think. Now, what I always say is try anything. If it works, go for it. But what happens when it doesn't work? And then the G'daylum, some, some G'daylum say, lock the kid out of the house. So Steinman says, no. The home has to be show full acceptance. We need to be concerned with creating a home atmosphere that is loving and accepting. That's what Steinman says. Oy vavoy to the families that don't do that under, I don't know whose guidance, and they lose their kids. Why can't they hold like a Steinman? Why do they have to go and hold like people that don't that that lose kids? Why can't you save your kids according to Rishon? He was so clear. We have to work on ourselves. We have to find a way to open our hearts to have more savlonos, which we work on patience. We have to make sure that we are not hurting this neshama. The the ironic thing, the funny thing is, is so sad is that all these reasons that parents throw the kids out and the lachats and you can't live like that and therefore. They throw the kid out because they don't know how to de-escalate the situation. When you follow Rav Steinman, the situation actually de-escalates and you don't even have those problems. I don't have parents who didn't throw out their kids because they're living on the ledge. We got the kid off the ledge. I don't have parents living in pain because, you know, the kid's holding a knife to the father and blasting and crazy, whatever. We de-escalate the situation. We explain to the parents, right now, there's temporary insanity happening. We understand that. I meet with the kids. We work very, very hard. We work with Rabbanim and everybody. We're all on the same page. We do a treatment, just like a cancer, Rachman al-Litzlan, a physical illness. We do a treatment method. Look at the kids two, three years later, the same kids that people wrote off. The expert is at the end of the road. He doesn't have skill. So he says, you got to throw the kid out. No, you don't have enough skill. You're not listening to Steinman. The Rav says, oh, I tried this and this, nothing worked. A beautiful story happened this week in our group. A parent that came to me, their daughter was acting mashuga. There's no question, crazy. I mentioned it before. I have so many. I mean, they're all very similar. Acting crazy, jumping, just crazy. And a Rav who was helping them who was in Chinuch and involved and whatever, said, you got to throw out of the house. He, they came to me six months ago, and we de-escalated the situation. So they weren't living like that anymore in that crazy situation. By being made after the child, by giving, ooh, you're spoiling, ooh, so you want them dead? I'd rather have a spoiled Jew, live. There'll be one more spoiled Jew in the world, not the end of the world. The, the crazy thing is that they're not even spoiled. I'll explain in a different time. That mamish, the parents are made, that you look a few years later, they're cheap. I'll explain to you why a different time, not for now. Right? And this Rav, out of the blue this week, called up this parent. I need to apologize to you. When I told you to throw out your daughter, I was wrong. I told you to put down rules and boundaries, and it caused things to get worse, and I was wrong. I heard about this guy, Avi Fishoff, the last few months. He even sent me parents. And I did my research, because I have lists of parents that you can call to hear the results. And I didn't have the skills that he has. And I even recommended people to him now. I apologize, I made your life worse. I said, wow, what a tzaddik. What a nice thing that a person says, I tried my best. And I told him, don't be angry at him. He really tried his best. His skills caused you to almost lose your daughter. You found other skills. And now he says, whoa, I'll gladly send to Avi. There's other skills. Nobody thought about not looking down on the kid who's bad. Everybody thinks you've got to look down at them, because otherwise they're going to think it's okay. Why should they ever be good? The G'daylum said, no. Create a loving atmosphere at home. It saves so much. With these three simple, straightforward messages, you teach your other children right from wrong, and they will not get confused. And they'll know their tafkid. The behavior is 100% wrong. They need to know that. In case they think that smoking on Shabbos is okay. No, no, no. This behavior, this sneers, you see that? Not our way. It's wrong. It's against the Torah. But that's not our concern. Our concern is we must do everything we can to make our house a loving atmosphere for this child, for this neshama who's struggling.
Pashat. The following story answers two very important questions. Number one, will accepting your child with love hurt Shaduchim for your other children? And two, if you're out there in the world, should you stay away from being Meshadach with a family who has kid off the derech? Very tough questions. Rav Steinman was very clear. This happened over here in TP. One of our TP parents did a Shidduch for one of his siblings who was a very top girl. And after the Vart, he was smart enough, he waited till after the Vart, he went over to the Numuchutin and he said, can I ask you a question? I assume you did your research and you know that we have an orth- we have an orthodox daughter. And the Mechutin replied, yeah, we did, I knew about that. So he asked him, can I ask you, did it bother you? And the new Mechutin told him, yeah, actually it did bother me. And I wasn't sure whether to go ahead and proceed with the Shidduch or not. So I called Maran Harav Steinman. I asked him what to do. And the Steinman replied, These days, when so many families have kids that are off the derech, it is not a reason to not be Meshadach with the family. It could be a nice family. Everything is fine. We don't look at this anymore as a factor to not be Meshadach. However, you have to be careful. There is something that you need to really check out. Something very, very important. Listen carefully. If the family is close with the child, the child is a part of the family and the child is close, then you can go ahead and proceed with the Shidduch. However, if the child is not in close contact with the family, don't go ahead with the Shidduch. Mom is the opposite. People say, oh, if I'm in the car of my kid, then, then it's going to ruin Shidduchim. No, says Rav Steinman. A family that is actually able to lose contact with a kid because they're off the derech or because they went through a rebellious patch, that's not somebody you want to do business with. According to the Gadol Adar, if parents lose contact with their OTD child, that is a deciding factor not to be meshadach with the family. And the parents can say, what did I do wrong? We didn't do anything wrong. We have a whole beautiful family. This one's acting like a meshugana. And we said, listen, if you can't behave normally, you can't be here. And now we should lose out? None of our kids should get married, says Rav Steinman, yes. Because you don't lose a kid. Kid given to you by Hashem, there is no such thing as losing a kid. If the kid is not close, enmeshed with the family, not for us. Whereas, if the family keeps close contact with the child, then you can go ahead and marry into their family. And this proves a very important factor. I would say that if the kid is not close, at least it's not a bad hashpa. Chaver toiv, chaver ra, shachin toiv, shachin ra, brother ra, sister ra. What about the bad hashpa? Steinman is not worried about all this bad Avera being mashpia, bad on the other kids. You see it clearly. If they're not close, don't be mashadach. If they're close, be mashadach. What do you mean? And this is what we see over here in our group with hundreds of families who are made bepemale, that the other kids steig when you follow the derech and you follow Rav Steinman Zatzal and you follow the, the concept of the Torah of Kirav and not Richuk, of all the Gedolim of Kirov and acceptance and love for those who are struggling instead of pushing them away. Then you only benefit from it. It takes the, the rebellious child and makes them not mashpia bad on the other kids. Yes, they'll see Chil Shabbos and they'll see terrible things. You're right. And they'll hear and they'll understand the, the medicine, the tipul of Rav Steinman. You'll deal with the other kids and you'll have Hatzlacha because you follow God Ladar. Why would you not follow the God Ladar? Why do you think you can have more Hatzlacha? No, if Steinman didn't know. No, no, I'm worried about this, I'm worried about that. The other way also doesn't work. The other way also, people don't do Shaduchim. The other way also, throwing out kids also, they, they lose a second and a third and a fourth many times. So why, why shouldn't you just follow Rav Steinman's way? Follow the Derech Teach your kids exactly what he said. Very simple. It's so simple and it's so deep and it so works. And you raise your kids in a happy home. And mommy and tati are trying. We're going to be makar of this neshama. For whatever reason, this neshama is struggling. For whatever reason. It's usually trauma. It's usually pain. But whatever it is. It's temporary. Mr. Shem, they're going to come back. We're going to daven together. We're going to accept them. No, we're going to cut off. Cut off. I got a call, phone call from a family with eight kids. Their oldest kid they're struggling with. And they called up Shmuel Kamenetsky. And Shmuel told them, call Avi Fishoff. He didn't even want to respond. They said, we're not looking for advice. We want a psak. 
We want to send. We want a sack that we could throw the kid out of the house. Call Avi. They called me up. I said, "Okay, what are his crimes against humanity?" Listen to this. He's in yeshiva. He's from Shemitarim. It's his sixteen years old. Totally from. His bushy hair. It's chup. He listens to Gaisha music and he's wearing tight pants. I said, "For this, you know, you're going to throw him out of the house. You understand? You throw him out of the house. You understand? I mean." You throw him out of the house. He's going to be a drug addict. You're going to lose his, him forever. You understand that? Yes, we understand that. We don't want this bad ashba on the other children. They know nothing about being a parent. I told him, send him to me. Oh, yeah, you'll talk to him? I said, no, I'm keeping him. I said, you have no right to be parents. Not just him. Send me, send me the other seven. You don't understand what it is to be a parent. A kid who, who veers off, who's more modern, so then you're worried all the other kids are going to follow. First of all, I said, it doesn't work like that. You're going to see, you're going to have some kids who are super yeshivish, and some kids who are more modern, and some kids who are more classy, and some gonna, and they're going to change also at 16 years old. You know how many people today are G'dayli Eilam, who at 16 years old are bushy here and listen to Gaish music with tight pants? You're going to cut off Kareis for that? Kareis? The Chazanish didn't want to throw a kid out of yeshiva for smoking, or for stealing from other kids. They didn't want to lose an account, and you're going to, bushy, oh, he's, he's too modern, he's not yeshivish? Not for us. Crazy. It's a parent. It's mamish, 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 mamish. Crazy. But that's what people are. And listen, I don't blame them. They're scared. But they don't have chinuch on how to be a parent. They don't understand what it is. They're very scared. I told them, by the way, it doesn't work like that. But even if it worked like that, wouldn't you rather have seven kids who are from Shemitah Mitzvah, alive and functioning, with bushy, a little chup, and tight pants when they're teenagers? Hopefully they'll outgrow it. But even if they don't, right? Wouldn't you rather have eight kids who are not yeshivish? And Shemotari Mitzvah, then seven who are greasy, yeshivish, and one who's dead? I mean, as a parent, I'm not, I'm not talking about, you know, I believe the Torah also would want that. But as a parent, you want your kid dead? Drugs? Mechal Shabbos? No anikluch? You're going to cut him off because of that? How, 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 as a parent, where are you? Wow. The, 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 the yeshiva felt more from than Rav Steinman. I, I wish I could have told the story to Rav Steinman, but I know what his answer would have been. Listen to all this advice. There's no rechok on the kid who's smoking on Shabbos. Give me merachik a kid because he has a chup. According to Steinman, you cannot prevent having a child off the derech, but it's how you deal with it that determines on whether your family is considered safe to be mashadach with or not. So many beautiful families out there dealing with this. You worried about fishaduchim? Yeah? Let's see how you respond with pain and fighting and screaming and, and losing kids and the, the disappearing and locking them out of the house. Not the Derech Nobody's going to want to be Meshadach with you. Not just Amrav Shtayman. Nobody wants their kid to go into a house that's, that's missing a kid. So this Tipi father, after he heard this from his new Mechut and what Rav Shtayman told him, his Tipi father said, called me specifically, thank you Avi, because before we came to you, we could not tolerate our daughter. We couldn't look at her. We had an enemy living in the house and she would have been out and she was already disappearing from us. We never would have had close contact with this kid if not for doing TP. So because we did TP, we actually now have a shidduch for our other kid because of it. Because otherwise this girl now who just got engaged wouldn't have gotten engaged, at least not to this family. And it was a wonderful shidduch. So far we were talking about off the derech, but let's talk about what Rav Steinman taught us about even regular kids. Allow me to share something amazing with you about chutzpah. Rav Steinman said that in our day and age there is no such thing as chutzpah. When a child acts out, it's because of inner pressure that is causing him to act chutzpah dick. But he is not chutzpah. So they said, what do you mean? They asked Rav Steinman, what do you mean? The, child asked, uh, the parents asked the child to do something and the child says, no! Not chutzpah. So Rav Steinman smiled. He said, What do you want? You want a dummy? He's always going to say yes, yes, yes to whatever you want. He's talking about regular kids. He looked at it differently. Some parents are so wrapped up in it. Ooh, chutzpah, you said it. He looked at it. Okay. It's temporary. He's 8 years old. He's 12 years old. He's 16. It, stop worrying so much about it. He's not a tumble. He's not just going to go along with you. That's not chutzpah. That's what Steinman said. And it's written in Tavshin Samachtes. If Steinman went to a kinnis for psichus of, of, of uh, kinusim l'inyane chinuch, and it's written down for kehilas b'nei and he answered these questions. And look what he says. Ani toyin, said, said Rav Steinman. 
Lidati ain chutzpah. According to me, there is no such thing as chutzpah. Ain davar kazeh. Yeled loy chutzuf. A child is not a chutzpah A child comes to school or goes home. He wants to be good. He wants to be good. B'derech klal. Yeled roitzel liyais toiv. Sometimes sometimes the family, the parents, the family, or the yeshiva pressures him too much, and therefore he gets chutzpidik. He bursts, he breaks. A kid who's happy, who's chilled, who's relaxed atmosphere, people are happy with him. Of course you could have normal pressure, but it's not making him pop. You don't have chutzpah that way. No, and then he says, I know people that never, never, they never had a kid that acted chutzpah to them. Afpam, never. Because if you treat your, your child the way you should, he, from when he's born, right, he will not be a mechutzif. That's it. And not every word that pops out wrong, or everything, you don't have to see everything. It doesn't stamp a person as a chutzpah. Sometimes they could spill something out. But basically... Not a problem. He says, I don't think that anybody would be meschatzif, would be chutzpah to the Chavetz Chaim, and not his children either. Why? Because he was an Adam Gadol, he had godless. But that's not why. He didn't want anything for himself. And if the teacher doesn't have a personal gain, or the parent doesn't have a pressure because my kid has to dress like this and do this and learn like this, then you're not going to have a problem. But it's when people have their own personal gains. The child says, no, if you raise your kids, you think about the gentle G'dayim, like Rav Tam. Think, think of the Chavetz Chaim, right? They didn't have kids who were Chutz because... If you don't challenge the kid and push him around, I hear the way people talk to their kids. And they don't even realize. I'm talking about good, normal kids. You know, Nesiva Shalom says, you're not allowed to tell a kid, say menacheder. You're not allowed to tell a child, leave the room. Go out of the room. Sometimes you have a discussion, you say, go out of the room. You're not allowed to do that. They're not a chess piece. Move here, go there. They're not your slave. That's how careful we have to be. You treat them like a human being. The respect of a human you don't say, get out of here, leave here. I hear parents, sometimes they call me, they have a problem, when a kid walks into the room, another kid, and they're on the phone with me, I hear what's going on. You know, like, get out of here, I told you I'm busy right now, don't do that. You would want that on video. You treat your kids like that, they become chutzpadik. Ani amarti America, says Steinman, because over there there's a big tzara about chutzpah, and everybody is complaining, chutzpah, chutzpah in America, terrible chutzpah. Amarti lehem ein kazed davar. <laughs> no such thing. Listen to Rav Steinman. Human nature. A kid doesn't come to school and, and says, I want to be bad. A kid doesn't come home and say, I want to be bad. If a kid is bad at home, something's going on. He had a horrible day in school. They're pressuring him. They're bullying him. Something happened. If you look at the kid and you say, I know my kid is good. What's bothering you, Shefala? It's totally different than looking at him as you're bad. And I gotta break you, and I gotta smush you, and crush you, and change it, and break your midas because you're bad, and make you into toiv. Nobody asked you to do that. If anything, it's the parents that are acting way out of, out of the normal, nice way. A child comes to school, a child comes home, loy raitza liyaisra, afachad, loy raitza liyaisra. Ulay yesh echad in a million. First he says, nobody, one in a million. Okay, one in a million. Exception. But there klal, you love them, right? Right? We know that, that the kids who don't feel like they're successful, they start acting really bad. The kids who are your best kids and they feel your pride and they're doing well, so then they're happy to do well. Everybody wants to do well. But there klal, you love them, right? Yeah, they want to be good. Rak ma misnagim itay. When he feels that everybody wants something out of him that's out of his comfort zone, right? And yeah, you got to clean up and you have to do this and everybody's pushing him and pulling him. So then he goes crazy, he goes mashuga. Anyway, Shaiman says, no such thing as chutzpah. It was an amazing story. 
The previous Talmud Rebbe, Schusi Yogan Aleinu, he got a knock on his door at 12 o'clock in the middle of the night. A father was there crying. He says, they threw my son out of yeshiva today. I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. The Rebbe brought him in, listened to the whole story. After he heard the story, he said, no, let's go to the Rosh Hashiva's house of that yeshiva. Father says, now? It's like 1 o'clock in the morning. He says, yeah, let's go now. We're going to go now to the to Rashiva's house. Okay, so he goes with the Rebbe. They go walking in B'nai Brak. They get to the guy's house. And it's about 1.15. And the Talmud Rebbe is knocking on the door, ringing the bell. People are sleeping. The Shashiva was sleeping. He wakes up, comes downstairs, and... Ah, Who's here? You know, and he was about to yell at him. He sees the Talna Rebbe. What are you going to do? He said, "Okay, Anshulig Rebbe, come inside. What, what's what's going on?" So the Talna Rebbe tells him, "Is it true that you threw out his son out of yeshiva today?" He says, "Yes." And you were able to sleep. If Steinman said, "Ah, that's a good story," I'm trying to only say things, not other stories. Stories about Steinman. If Steinman said, "That's a story," how could you throw a kid out of yeshiva and be able to sleep? And the following story was told to me. It's recorded by Rav Gadal Yashenin, who's a manal in Yeshiva Kesatayr in Eretz Yisrael. A Rebbe in the Yeshiva caught a boy in his class who was playing under his table, under his desk, with an iPhone, not kosher, with internet, during Shear. He went to Rav Gadal Yashenin. Rav Gadal always defended the boys and said, we got to keep them in. And he said, listen, we have a strict rule about this. This is internet. And... If you're going to break, let, let this kid get away with it. The whole yeshiva is going to plots. Everything's going to fall down. I can't be a part of this. Okay? We cannot allow this boy to stay here any longer. Because if you do, the whole yeshiva is going to fall apart. Ad kan, either me or him. We can't both stay. So Rilalia said, okay, I hear what you're saying, but I'm not going to allow this. We're dealing with the nisham over here. Let's go visit Rav Steinman. They went to Marna Rav Steinman. What do you think Rav Steinman said? He said, listen, I hear what you're saying. You have a rule, and if you're going to break the rule, and you're going to let the kid get away with it, all the other kids already know about the story, and it's going to make a big dent in the yeshiva. Taka, this boy can't be in yeshiva. But here's what you're going to do. For one month, I want you, the morning Seder Rebbe, to learn with this boy in the afternoon, when you're not teaching. Drop your other chavusas, learn with him in the afternoon. And I wanted you to arrange that the second Seder Rebbe should learn with this boy in the morning. Every morning for one month, then come back to me. And Reb Gedal, he's the Manal, he said, and I told him on the spot, and I'm going to pay both Rebbeim for their time to learn with this boy. What do you think happened? A month later, when they went back to Reb and this boy already did tshuva, he was already, he had such love, and he, and he was, you know, he felt their warmth, and the varmka, he was back in yeshiva. Today he's married, and he's from, and he's a from family. And Reb Gedal, said, if we would have thrown this kid out, forget it. Gone. We'd have lost the whole generations. Rosh Hashiva, Rosh Steinman, Zatzal always found a way to keep people a part of Klal Yisrael, no matter what you did. And it comes from this story, which really brings out how he felt about the struggler. The Gedolim were judged, you could see what a Gadol is by how they can tolerate such a cotton. The greater the Gadol they can tolerate, the greater the cotton. It's so interesting. I would have thought in class. So when you become so holy, you mamish can't look at a sinner. Can't deal with this. Ugh, throw him out, throw him out. Eh, I can't deal with it. It's not true. They had such compassion for every neshama. Listen to the story in Bechadri Charedim, written by Reb Mordechai Roth. Mordechai Roth writes this. Rav Nachum Bernstein is a mashkiach in Yeshiva's Ga'in Yaakov, which was presided over by Moran Reb Aaron Leib Steinman Zatzal. And if Steinman's son-in-law, Reb Zev Berlin, serves as the Rosh Hashiva of this yeshiva. And Reb Nachum Bernstein told me an amazing story about Reb Steinman, that if I didn't hear it from him, says Mordechai Roth, if I didn't hear it from him, Reb Nachum Bernstein, who saw and witnessed the story himself, I would never even believe it. Says Reb Bernstein, I was personally dealing with someone who kept on falling into doing serious averis. As much as he tried, he sometimes made some progress, and then he would fall. Again he would make progress, again he would fall. He would go up and down, and sometimes when he fell, he fell so deep into shal tachtis, transgressing, being over some of the worst averis in the Torah. So I decided, I'll bring him to Rav Steinman for help. This was about a decade ago, Rav Steinman was only 95 years old. 
I told him Steinman this nesiyonis of this man. I told him what he does when he falls so low, that he tries, but he keeps on falling so low. We were looking for some kind of an etza, some kind of advice. How can he finally beat this challenge without falling again? He said that when Steinman heard the averis that this guy did, and that he was miskaber, but that he would fall and do these terrible averis, he looked at this Baal Avera with a shine, a bright shine. And he just got up from his chair, shining his light on this person. 95 years old, he gave him a strong hand. He shook his hand. And then he leaned over and he hugged him. He embraced him and he kissed him. And he said to him, You managed to overcome such a challenge every once in a while? Do you know how chashiv you are? Do you know how muridik you are? Can you imagine how much nachas Hashem has from you? Do you even imagine the schusim that you have? Because sometimes you manage to hold yourself back from such an avera. How much reward you'll receive in Shemayim and Ganeidin for your efforts. And Rav Steinman kept repeating to him how he is a righteous man. You are a tzaddik who occasionally overcomes his nesiyonis. Even though it's a tremendous difficulty, a tremendous nesayin, you deal with it from time to time. It's true, you fall sometimes, but you're a tzaddik. That's who you are. If you want to see how strong somebody is, you don't look at the times that he's weak and he can't lift the weight. You look at, wow, you were able to lift a thousand pounds. You're a thousand pounder. Can't do it every day, okay? You have a flu, you can't lift anything. Fine. But you want to know who you are? Look what you are. That's how Steinman looked at the sinner. Look at you. And he hugged him and he embraced him. And he continued to cheer him on at 95 years old. To the Balavera. Being over such Averis. He didn't say, Ugh, I can't look at you. How could you do such a thing? Gehenim! You know, there are people today, they go and they talk to people about Gehenim. If Steinman didn't know how to do that, he showed him, look how good you are. You're Ayman bin Asayin. Everybody's Ayman bin Asayin sometimes. He focused only on that. And this Sir Bernstein said he couldn't believe it. He never saw Steinman hugging somebody and dancing, shining and kissing somebody, especially such a, a, a Yid doing such a various. He didn't think that the Rav would want to look at him. And this is what he did. And Steinman said, please come back in a few months. Let me know how you're doing. A few months later, they came back to Steinman. And he told Steinman, the last time I was here, you really were mechazek me. You gave me a lot of strength. And the result was I was able to fight a little bit better. But the truth is, I still fall from time to time. I do these terrible averis. Again, Steinman stood up from his chair, shined his light, grabbed his hand tightly, and then he hugged him, he embraced him, and he kissed him, and he said loudly with excitement, you managed to overcome? You don't understand how much chusim you have. And he repeated again and again how much this person, you are a righteous man, you are a tzaddik. The tzaddik, the God Ladar, who we see what he ate and how he acted, was never over these, and any Averis. Like, how could he relate? He's, you are a tzaddik. He took his crown called tzaddik. He put it on, he put it on him. We all saw the, 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 the tzavar of and He says, I have a lot of, you know, don't call me tzaddik and don't call me guy. And I have a lot of Averis. I have a lot of, um, what do you say about himself, right? I have a lot of things, that, flaws. I have a lot of flaws. <laughs> and he's calling this guy who says, I did this and this Avera, Averis Chamuras. You're a tzaddik. You managed to overcome. You should be proud of yourself. Hashem loves you. You are unbelievable. I'm jealous of you. You're amazing. And again, he repeated it over and over again, cheering him on. Says Rev Mordechai Roth, I will let everybody interpret this story how he wants. But many stories are told about Rav Steinman, but I can say that this story is the one that affected me the most. And ever since the story, ever since I heard the story, from Rav Nachum Bernstein, I have been trying to embrace, hug, and kiss, and strengthen, idud with encouragement, every Jew, wherever he is in any situation. If he, Rav Steinman, Zatzal, the Kodesh HaKadoshim of Klal Yisrael, was able to encourage the lowly sinner, to accept him, to give him encouragement, to tell him how good he is that you are a tzaddik, and to boost him, to boost the self-esteem. You're not a lowly sinner, you're a tzaddik. You have issues and you're trying, but look how much you do. He understood that that's the derech of getting people to become better. 
not by telling them about Gehenim, and not by telling them about you're an Oisvar. If he can do it, we can do it. If he, the Kaidish Akadashim of Klaisol, can do it, can encourage the sinner by physically embracing him and kissing him, surely we can all do our part. Let's act according to Rav Steinman, following his ways, and may that be a schus for his holy neshama. This is Avi Fischoff, and I can be reached at twistedparenting at AOL.com.